This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Let's dive oh. right in here to Action Movie Rewind. We decided on this Halloween week to uh, to pivot from our classic action movie genre mm-hmm. and we just we pivoted to like a close first cousin to horror movies. And we're going to do we're going to throw a little little change-ups once in a while like once a month or once every other month and deviate from from action movies. But uh, before we get into the summary and we get into all the the questions and details of this movie, have you guys seen this movie straight through before? Not straight through. I, I I've seen pieces, um, but I've never seen it straight through. Wow, Judd, no, never, this is never. Your first viewing. Amazing, but, but I'm glad. Amazing. I'm actually, I'm actually glad because I came to it with an open mind and heart. Okay. Uh, well, this is this is one of the. I mean, this is really like on the Mount Rushmore, if you, if you were to ask just the public, right, just ask like fans of movies and stuff and people who've been around for 50 years, this is on the Mount Rushmore of horror movies. It's a trendsetter. You could argue that it helped spawn uh, a long run of eighties slasher movies. So here is the summary. All right. Halloween 1978. And there's been a ton of sequels. There's been remake. There's a Rob zombie remake like 13 years ago. I and <laughs> they've got a couple more on the horizon too. But, uh, but the original, on a cold Halloween night in 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister, Judith. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years. But on October 30th, 1978, while being transferred for a court date, a 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith's Grove. He <laughs> returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks... For his next victims, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie was recorded and filmed over a one month period for a $300,000 nickel and dime budget. And it generated $70 million at the box office. One of the great in terms of just like financial successes in cinematic history, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, who was unknown at this time. And uh, and well-known Donald Pleasance, who had been in a number of different uh, big movies in the previous two decades. Let's start with Judd Zolgad, your key takeaway from the original Halloween. First of all, I have a thousand. But my my key takeaway, my key takeaway, and I will say this as as a praise to this film and Phil. Thank you for making me watch this film because it was genius. Okay. Like, like it was genius, but my key takeaway was, and I mean this as a high compliment was the honor it paid and the debt of gratitude. It knew it owed from the second it started to Alfred Hitchcock and a film like psycho. 
It yeah. was psycho, including the including some of the names, right? Uh, I think uh, was it Doctor Loomis? Wasn't in, the including the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter of Janet Leigh, who is stabbed to death by by oh. Norman Bates in yep. the shower. That's yes. her mom in real life. Yes. Wow. So um, you're talking about like probably the two most prominent female horror movie stars in terms of like just being icons and just great scenes but i love the fact like i didn't know if if it was going to be a slasher film or what and it's not um but the genius and and it also i love the fact too that i believe truthfully there is a tie-in there is a tie-in between hard to kill with steven seagal and this film wow and it's and it's the thing that seagal writes before he kills one of the bad guys in hard to kill and this film does it perfectly, and Psycho did too. Anticipation of death is worse than death itself. Oh. Because this entire film is based on anticipation of death. Yes. Like the uh-huh. deaths aren't the deaths aren't that gruesome. Mm-hmm. The death it's it and, and the deaths aren't that hard to watch. What's hard to watch is the anticipation. So yes. I but I loved, I loved how this was filmed. I loved everything about because because Hitchcock's just a genius. Mm-hmm. And and, and the music, I, yeah, oh, great score, so, great score. I, I, there's well, like there's, and, there's really like two songs in the whole movie. It's this right, one, but, and then there's like another one that's. But they're similar. theme songs to to scenes, like mm-hmm. like like um, M- Myers has a theme song, like you know when it's coming. <laughs> so anyway, absolutely, my takeaway was this: this took a film like Psycho and paid homage to it while while graduating it to a, you know a different set a different time i just loved it yeah uh declan by the way just to, uh, you're you are definitely you have permission to hate this movie just just because we ripped on your movie like you can you can hate yeah. this movie you just give us your give us your biggest takeaway from this movie hey i i saw the list you tweeted out last night of all the movies i'm well aware three of the four worst movies we reviewed have been my picks <laughs> but i've also picked john wick which is also one of the best so it, it, it evens out a little bit okay it evens out a little bit. So Love three it. of the four are dumpster fires by me, but also very on brand for me. I, I I throw in a bunch of dumpster and then I just hit one grand slam of a home run to totally You're, redeem myself. Declan is a volume scorer in in life, in yes. in horror movies, in action movies, in dating, you know, just whatever. Yes. No, like don't let's let's not go there. Uh but my number one takeaway, and I'm gonna get really geeky here, it's it and Judd kind of talked on it. It's the cinematography of this movie. Like wow. the opening scene where it's totally in the eyes of young Michael Myers. Like he's stalking in the house. He's looking around. He throws the mask on. So then like you're seeing the camera lens through the little clown mask. And just, I I have to imagine, and maybe it wasn't groundbreaking, but like how simple the, like the filming of scenes were where it's, it's clearly like one long take. Like usually so many movies nowadays are cut, 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 cut. And it's it's really interesting how like throughout the entire film, like you're you're in the you're either in the persona of Michael Myers or like when they're driving around going up to the to the, you know the the insane asylum, whatever the hell it is, and you just are in basically you feel like you're in the car. You feel like you're in the movie. So even though it's a horror film and yes, the anticipation is what really like scares you and like keeps you going throughout the movie, it feels like you're literally there. Like it feels very real and i can understand and i was looking down the wikipedia wormhole too and a lot of people like saying like this is like one of the most sadistic films of all time just because like how it's shot and how like honestly realistic it could be 
Yeah, it is. It is super creepy. And I, I love that you brought up the cinema. We've, we've reached peak action movie rewind now that we're talking about cinematography is great. Yeah. But <laughs> but you watch some of these uh, like you watch a Bruckheimer movie. We've done like two or three Jerry Bruckheimer movies at The Rock, um, a couple other ones that we've done. Um, I think Enemy of the State, right? Or no, that was did we do Enemy of the State or did I just no, no. different? OK, so. I just watched that one a couple weeks ago. Um, but like Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Every two or three seconds, it's a new cut. And the first 25 or 30 minutes of this movie, it's like them. It's like Jamie Lee Curtis and her friends walking down the sidewalk. Michael Myers is like driving in a station wagon, creeping by. Or he's like, he's like standing in the bushes and then he's gone. And it's these super long scenes. And you have to wait like 50 or 60 minutes. It's only an hour and a half movie. You have to wait like 50 or 60 minutes before he actually starts like really killing the babysitters and the friends. So I think my main takeaway. I love horror movies and I think my main takeaway is more of a personal one in that this, when I saw this for the first time, like 15 or 20 years ago, it set me off on a lifelong journey of trying to watch any and every horror movie I could possibly get my hands on. And, and my wife hates horror movies. So when I watch them, it's usually like if I'm, you know, if I'm home alone for a weekend, I'll stack like two or three horror movies. I used to go to, you guys know that old movie theater uh, in St. Anthony, Maine. Oh, it's my normal spot. Love it's it's always been a regular spot for me too. And I've, and I used to live down in that area and um, I'd go down like whenever there was a new horror movie out, I would always go see the 10, the, like the nine forty five or 10 o'clock showing. So that it's dark outside. It's creepy old part of Minneapolis. <laughs> and so I will just say that like Halloween, the original Halloween uh, is at the center of my love for horror movies, whether they're corny or whether they're amazing, whether they're slasher or whether they're more just like psychological um, let's go back to Judd here. Tell us your favorite part of Halloween. So it's it's a character. Um, and <laughs> the way that this was done was absolutely genius, and I loved it. Um, Donald Pleasant's character, the doctor, is mm-hmm. the scariest person in the film. He's the most creepiest, scariest person. Michael My- Myers is, I mean, he's a bad guy. I get it, right? But, like, he just sort of pops out, and he's he's creepy. But, like... Just from from the scene where originally they're driving to the insane asylum to get Myers, and it's it's the doctor and the nurse, and she's smoking, which is just hilarious. Um, and he's like talking in these sort of hushed, weird, creepy tones and stuff. I think it's really intriguing that they took a primary character who was supposed to quote unquote save the day and made him super super spooky and creepy, which almost, which is almost- smart. Almost like he's kind of in on it. Yeah, exactly. But I love that. I loved it because everything they did to me had a purpose. Like there was no like character who was like, ah, like, you know, if you have sex, you die. If you get naked, you die. If you study hard, you don't die. So (laughs) I, it was like there, there were assigned roles really, really well done. And I just thought it was really smart that the guy who was supposed to come in and save things and that the doctor who was supposed to warn the town, actually, I thought I really do. I thought he was the creepiest character in the entire film. Yeah. Mm. So we'll get to some notes on like the cast and Donald Pleasance, but I believe I saw something on the internet that, cause he, like he was the prominent actor in this movie and he was an, like an established credible actor. And they only got like, of the three or four weeks of filming, they only got like a day or something with Donald Pleasance. And so they, they like filmed all of Donald Pleasance you know scenes funny? in like one day. Uh, I said that they couldn't, they couldn't afford him to stick around for like three weeks. So I said that to Dawn 
I said, I think he filmed his, his scenes in one day. Cause like there were huge chunks of film where he would just disappear. It's yes. like, where'd the doctor go? <laughs> yeah. Where's the doctor? I yeah. said, I said that I said, I bet this guy came in for one day uh and basically said all right let's get this done uh, we need Shut like all the scenes we the need lab. like we need like five scenes we need one where he's like shooting michael myers and we need a couple where he's like in a car and then we'll go from there That's uh Declan, what was your favorite part of this movie when annie dies easily when annie dies annie annoys the hell out of me throughout this entire <laughs> film to be completely honest um she's that typical like typical incompetent best friend in a horror film that like from the from the first 30 seconds of her inner like screen time you knew she was going to be the first to die <laughs> yeah you just knew yes. she was going to be the first to die yes and and like when she calls out the michael myers and like speeding kills and he stops the car like they oh, so like dude, that, that that kicks in how creepy was that too oh like, and like then to, to stop the car sit there for like 13 14 oh, seconds and, and they then, took so oh, long to kill man. her which was genius like she's going in, in that back room to do her laundry you're like yeah. okay now They're like no not yet so so yeah, so she has drugs. So like she has a joint. Yep. She gets naked. You oh, you knew dead. she was trying to sleep with a boy. It was all of like the horror film taboos for you will die. Gets and into a, also, gets into a car alone. Yeah. Yep. And also again, this and this is me my my geekiness in me. Her acting, like especially in the beginning, was just hair pulling out bad. Like I was just I was I was ready for her to die. <laughs> And also, like, I'm sorry, if you spill butter on you, you have to physically strip down all of your clothes. Yeah, that seems completely unnecessary. It's, it's like, like you just spilled a little butter on you, dude. I agree. I, I thought yeah, your, little, pants, your pants don't have to come off. I thought it was, I thought it was a little <laughs> ridiculous. And also, like, correct me because I'm a 90s baby, but like, is it was it normal back in the day to have detached laundry rooms? Like, was, was that a thing back in the day? I think in some states, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I thought that was, I, I thought yeah, that was so that weird that, like, there was a detached laundry room. I mean, I think it's, yeah. yeah. So, yes, my favorite part was when Annie died. Yeah. I love that part. So, I, I'm going to play off kind of what, what Declan's talking about here. Actually, you both kind of allude to it. My favorite part of this movie is how <gasps> the original Halloween sets up slasher movie rules. Like, it's certain now there's, and there's, there's, there were other slasher movies, obviously, like Psycho and, um, and uh, Black Christmas is another one that maybe we should review. Black Christmas was from the mid 70s. That's and it was, people, right, Phil? Um, I think actually in reading on Wikipedia, I think this originally was going to be a sequel to Black Christmas. Okay. But then it wound up just being its own thing. Uh, and, and so Black, Black Christmas was Margot Kidder was in that movie. She played Lois Lane in the original Superman movies or like yeah. the, the, uh, Christopher Reeves Superman movies. And it was the first ever, uh, call is coming from inside the house theme, hmm. which that made happens. a lot more sense. Like now it's like, yeah, a call could come from anywhere. Like everyone's got their own mobile device, right? right. The call's coming from inside the house. Yeah, Judd's in the kitchen. He's on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but I so there's there's been other slasher movies leading up to this that have sort of set the tone for rules. But this movie really defined things like the slasher is impossible to kill. The horny couple always gets murdered. Uh, dead bodies are always stuffed in places where they're gonna pop out and scare people. There's always one lone survivor. Uh, last night on so AMC is running horror movies every single night all month, and last night Friday the Thirteenth Part Three was on, and I was so I had just gotten done watching Halloween, and then I turned on Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, which is from like the mid '80s, 
And it's literally just like a cornier version of the same formula. It's the horny couple gets murdered. Yep. Uh, there's there's one lone survivor at the end that's trying to get away. Jason is impossible to kill, just like Michael Myers. And so I just really appreciate how this movie set the parameters for like the next 20 years of slasher movies and the rules you had to follow. The first scream does a magnificent job of guiding you through those two. Yeah. The, the first scream is great, which I absolutely love those. Yeah. But the first one was just great in, in basically saying that if, if you take your clothes off and have sex, you die. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Judd here. Your least favorite part about Halloween. Ooh, I I mean, it's so fast. It's it's yeah. done so quickly. Like, if it dragged on, I'd be like, it went too long. But it didn't go too too long. Um, I guess my least fa- favorite part, and and I have not seen the second one yet, but I think these questions are answered. Is my least fa- favorite part was I did want some questions acknowledged in the first one, which, which weren't. I mean, the the sheriff's daughter dies, and we don't really see him again to re- react to that. Hmm. Um, we, we don't. We don't at that time. Now we do in the second one. Subsequently, we don't know what the relationship between Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis's character is. You find out. You find out. But I was going to say, husband. When that no, I'm just fil- kidding. <laughs> when that film. When that film got done, um, I did say to myself, I wonder what those relationships were or what those reactions were. But but in defense of the franchise, they came back in the second one, and I think pretty much picked up where they left off after the first so yeah so a quick note on that so the second one spoiler alert if you don't want to know what happens in the second halloween movie then uh mute us for a second but but the second one picks up with jamie lee curtis in the hospital just being checked out for like her cuts and stuff and it's just a continuation then michael myers like walks into the hospital and it's 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 really well done but what we find out in the second one is that jamie lee curtis is actually michael myers little sister yeah and and the oh. I think John Carpenter, the director of this movie, has said he regrets making that editorial decision. That it just like it didn't like they. I don't think it was originally like part of what was supposed to happen. Um, so that's it's worth watching the second one, and maybe we can review it at some point. But you do find mm-hmm. that out, Declan. What was your least favorite part of this movie? A couple. Um, why the, the, all these kids that they're babysitting? Why aren't they trick or treating? What's up? What's up with the kids being deprived of trick or treating? And I don't think they're too young either. Like I, I was no. just baffled by the fact of like these kids are being robbed of like arguably when you're a kid, especially between the ages of like four and eleven. Mm-hmm. Halloween is like arguably the second greatest day of the year next to Christmas. Mm-hmm. So were they out was, earlier? Is it possible they were out when it was light maybe. out, like some of the other kids? But maybe. they weren't. They weren't eating their candy though. They weren't eating their candy. Also, like, what's like parents just like abandoning their kids on Halloween to go to like an adult themed Halloween night? But like, you have kids. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't really like that. And then the second thing I didn't like either was, and this is just like a horror film nitpick that I have, which is why I don't really like horror films. Is the incompetence of people in horror films? Like, always, <laughs> I can't open a door. How do I open this door? I can't open it. Like, are you serious? You can't open the the doors locked from the other way. Really, you're locked inside your own house. But like, she couldn't find the key. She couldn't find the key. And that one I get. That one makes sense. But like how 
just the incompetence in horror films. And like why, that part just it, it antagonizes me so much. And why at the end there did J- Jamie Lee Curtis's character continue to turn her back to a guy who she <laughs> thought she had killed, but then he didn't die the first time. And then she runs upstairs and she's talking to the kids again with her back turned. And then she does go into, of all yeah. places, a closet. I feel like, like yeah, right. It's amazing. But like, so you've already seen film. you've already seen this guy. Like, he's taken some punishment. He's walking slowly back at you, and and you also know like he's walking slowly. So, of all the things you could go, of all the things you could do, and all the places you could go in that spot, going into a building and then going into a closet in a building would seem like the last place. Like, I would probably just run down the street and yeah. just scream and get people to turn their lights and she on. She tries but- to send the kids. That's my favorite. <laughs> she tries to send the kids run down the street and call the cat. No, why don't you get out of the house? And actually, so uh, my least favorite thing in this movie is, and, and and I'll read you an explanation from, uh, I think it was newsweek.com did like a full dive into some of the questions about Halloween, but it didn't make sense to me until reading this, why Michael Myers was so hell bent on killing James. So again, at the time of this movie, I don't think, it was determined that Jamie Lee Curtis was Michael Myers sister. I think at the time of this movie, she was just a babysitter and she was the daughter of the real estate agent that was trying to sell the condemned house that Michael Myers lived in as a kid. That was the beginning of the movie. Hmm. And so like the whole time it's like, all right, so he comes back to his hometown and he visits his old house. That's been abandoned for 15 years. And then he just decides that like Jamie Lee Curtis and her friends are the ones that he's going to kill in stock. Like what's the backstory? Hmm. So um, and I, and, and by the way, even before reading this explanation, still, it's still like, all right, whatever. All right. There's a simple explanation for what motivates Michael Myers that closely follows slasher movie logic in which the killer is often motivated by a combination of neglect and sexual jealousy, just mm-hmm. like Jason Voorhees introduced in the Friday, the 13th series, three years after Halloween, Michael was supposed to be under supervision as a kid, not from camp counselors in the case of Jason Voorhees, but from his babysitting sister. So he's supposed to be under supervision by his babysitting sister. Could his sister neglecting him in favor of the boyfriend be the reason why he would stalk teen babysitters like Jamie Lee Curtis. But part of the power of Halloween is that it's not reducible to simple, vicious motivations from other eighties slashers. Michael Myers has a strong compulsion to return to his hometown, but he doesn't immediately look for victims. Instead, he returns home. And this is where the uh, where he encounters Jamie Lee Curtis, who drops the key to the mail slot, if you remember, while he was standing behind the window. And so um, he chillingly just decided because he saw her drop the key off that she has been chosen completely at random to be stalked and terrorized. And I don't know if I it just, it just seems like why wouldn't he just like it feels like he should have more motivation for who he's picking. And that's the only thing that really bothered me. But. That's okay. What other things stood out to you guys? Actually, we should talk about Michael Myers. Let's do a Michael Myers deep dive here. Okay. What did you guys think of Michael Myers as a horror movie villain? Well, I thought he was effective, but I mean, it was more the... I I thought the most effective thing about the film was the theater of the mind of, of the fact that you really didn't know him or you didn't like... Like, he's not he's not a bad guy who who you sort of see in action early and you're like, okay, that's the bad guy it's this crazy guy who comes back to the town i thought it was i thought what they what they left you with for the majority of that film as a viewer was really really smart because again it was all about the anticipation of what he was going to do what he actually did horror film wise there's six kills guys there's only six kills in the entire film it's not that bad but 
just the anticipation of those six kills is huge. So I thought the idea of how they wrote the character was actually really, really smart. And I would argue that that subsequent horror films probably went too far and overcorrected the other way of slasher films. I I almost like the the fact that it's a slasher film, but it's really not. Uh, the only problem with this is, just as far as a scouting report goes, Michael Myers is a stabber, not a slasher. Mm-hmm. So, like, he doesn't really slash well. Like, he doesn't do the kill well. He's a lot of this. Boom, boom, boom. His like, mechanics are bad. His mechanics <laughs> are awful. Yeah. I would consider him to be, I would consider him to be probably a quad A slasher. He's like but, one of those golfers with, like, a homemade swing. But, but, <laughs> but to be very clear, he's he's Jamie Moyer or Tewksbury-like as far as the stuff. He's a crafty sure. slasher. Durable. He's, he's going to give you, he's going to give you innings too. Yeah. You just, yeah. You're not just going to take him out of the game, but he's basically a stabber. It's like, no dude, use the slash motion. Yeah. It's like, is, is your knife dull or something? I think what I don't really get about Michael Myers is uh, I, like, there's just randomly murderous psychopathic six-year-old kids running around, just yeah. like killing their family members. That's a Michael. thing. <laughs> Like, so like Michael. And I love his parents. Yeah. What did you do? Oh, you killed your sister. <laughs> no dinner for you tonight. Yeah. It's like he's never get it. It's not really addressed. Like, his parents are like, ah, you killed your sister. Okay. Here's my biggest Michael Myers question for you guys. And it's actually, I don't know if I would say it's one of my least favorite things in the movie, but it's definitely like and it's a it's a loophole that needs to be closed. So he kills his sister when he's six years old. And then he gets sent to basically a mental asylum slash prison for the next 15 years of his life, right? Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Loomis, in talking to the nurse about sort of the 15-year timeline, said, I spent seven years trying to get through to him and connect with him, but then I realized there was nothing behind the cold stare. There was just vacancy, and he's just a ruthless, evil murderer. And then I spent the next eight years trying to make sure that he stays locked up. So presumably, he's six years old, and then for 15 years, he's locked up. And he knows how to drive. Yeah. How does Michael Myers know how to drive? Answer that question for me. I don't know that he drives. He's, dri- well. he's driving I don't know around he drives well. I thought he drove pretty darn well. He's he's I don't able know he to drives well. I mean, he might have killed that was the, his, that the was, car at one point. It that just was stopped. presumably that was his first time ever sitting behind the wheel of a car. Well, and the even first the, thirty minutes. Of the I movie. mean, he doesn't die too, dude. So he's got a lot going for him. And, and even the therapist says, like, well, I say they're not to drive a car. He's probably going to get it last night. Like, yeah. he was, like, I don't know why he's old-time movie now, guy. That's, I don't know why I did that voice. Everybody. Yeah. Michael Byers, you're not alone. You're not alone. He so talk, he's not the driving a car. He um, talked talk like this. Yeah. I think I might kill people, too. But you guys, like, you guys remember the first time you ever sat behind the wheel of a car? It was, oh, yeah. it was probably kind terrifying. of a disaster, right? Yeah, it was pretty, terrifying. That was, was pretty good. How is he? And, he, and, it, and it sounds like he's not exactly, uh, he's not exactly an Einstein here, okay? How does he know how to drive a car so effectively? I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I didn't get that part either. Um, also just like what I didn't. And like, obviously he's almost like this invincible figure. So that's what I also don't get. Like, all right. So Jamie Lee Curtis first stabs him with one of those, you know, knitting pick things. I don't even know what the actual yeah. technical term is. So she kind of like disposed them quickly. And I'm thinking like, really? Like that was all it took. He's like, yeah. now he's down. Then he gets back up and like, Oh, okay. Like he's not down. Then she's like able to coat hang him. And then stab him, and you're like, oh, okay, again, the teenager, like, easily disposed of this crazy killing machine, mm-hmm. gets back up again. The dude takes like six bullets in the chest, falls, falls over that railing, and then he disappears. But it's just like, I was a little confused on the part of, all right, this dude. 
Oh, by, by the way, too, by the way, Bravo, one of the few actual songs used in the film, Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, was yes. a genius move. That's, that's, great yeah. song, it's good. great song, great timing, loved it. Yep. Yeah, so, so I just thought it was a little weird that, like, he's this invincible figure, but also at the same time, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, I, I know she gets cut and she, like, falls down those stairs pretty good. But outside of that, it seemed like she won the battle against him for the most. Like, if you were looking at a boxing ring, like she won the battle. Yeah, she got more shots in for sure. Like yeah. he stabbed her a couple times, but the problem is, he's got the endurance. He's impossible to kill. Uh, I think at one, at one point, I think we had. Uh, do we ever have a Michael Myers versus Jason? No, we had a Freddy versus Jason yeah, movie. Freddy versus Jason. I've seen that. It'd be one. fun to put those guys all on a Royal Rumble. Um, let me ask you guys. Though, let's get to some key questions here. Okay. How would you personally handle a situation like this if you were ever in Jamie Lee Curtis's shoes and you had what appeared to be some sort of monstrous stalker with a knife slowly pursuing you? How what would you I, guys do? How would I? I would have uh, after I thought I killed him the first time. One, I, I wouldn't have just turned my back. I would have been much more cognizant of his whereabouts because to dex's point i mean you stabbed him with like uh what like a straight edge uh that's not didn't look like it would kill a person but the other thing i would do is i'm downstairs why wouldn't you run out the front door i would run out the front door i would probably and by the way too um part two of of that is if i was babysitting i probably wouldn't have left the kids alone for substantial periods of time which which when it gets to be its most intense she basically just does like she's just like peace out kids take care of yourself so everyone's the, on the road i would have gone out the, i would have gone out the front door i would not have run up the stairs here's the thing like the other the other part of this that obviously doesn't translate to 2020 so michael myers cut the phone lines right yeah. so when when, when right. i sense okay i've been being stalked all day the phone lines are cut something is seriously wrong i am now going to any house i know she banged on a couple doors but like what I'm doing is I'm going to any nearby house and asking, pleading, begging to use their phone to call the police. And I don't feel like she explored all those options. I feel like she banged on a couple of doors, got ignored, and then just like went and back to her own house. And that one place turned their lights off and closed the shades. I, I thought that th- this was a, a tight-knit community. No. No, apparently not. Haddonfield, uh, Illinois. Very, very creepy. I did love, I did love guys, the, the, in the, the midst of all of, of, basically suburbia and you know houses that look nice i did love that for 15 years this one house just abandoned yes and just it's like it's like edina ah uh, you know what though this one house there was a killing there a long time ago and no one lives there now and it's really creepy it's like what like were the bloodstains even cleaned off the floor in the bedroom probably not and the parents again i will reiterate in 1963 did not seem that upset their daughter was dead no maybe she was an, <laughs> maybe she was annoying i don't know michael what did you do you killed your sister let's go in and get some dominoes they're like oh man don't have to pay for her college Whew, thank god mommy and daddy just saved a hundred grand um what's the most freaked out you guys have ever been watching a movie hmm. uh i saw um and it, it, it's laughable. I was actually talking to a friend about this last time after I finished watching Halloween. I, I was terrified of uh, paranormal activity when it first came out. Dude, that's my answer. Yes, because 100%. like that, that, like I'm more I'm more freaked out of like actual things that can happen. Yeah, dude, and like a hundred percent paranormal oh, yeah. activity is oh. like actually something that could happen. So that I one mean, always not, freaks me out. Not really. Well, maybe. Maybe I, I I'm a big I'm a big believer in ghosts. 
And I'm also like, that's why I also signs, like the movie Signs with Mel Gibson. Like aliens and ghosts, I actually believe are real. Dude, so, okay. like, those that, ones freak me out. There's a scene. I'm, you just brought up like my two examples. The, the, like, lit- <laughs> like literally the two times I've been the most freaked out in a movie. Uh, I'll start with Signs. I watched that movie in theaters. And I was watching it with, I think it was like my mom, stepdad, and maybe my cousin or something. It was like a, a family uh, movie going. And there's a scene in Signs where you see an alien for the first time. It's like they're showing CNN coverage of like yeah. what's happening. And all of a sudden you see an alien walk across the screen and stare into the camera. And it was like the entire movie theater let out a gasp like, oh, my God. Paranormal Activity. That's another one of those movies I saw for the first time at 10 o'clock at the old St. Anthony <laughs> Main Theater, downtown Minneapolis. And there's a scene. Um. It might have been like the third one or second one. It was one of the oh, sequels. Yeah. I've seen the first. And two. Judd, have you ever seen a Paranormal Activity movie? Mm-mm. What's your What's your level of of desire to watch horror movies? Is it not high, pretty not low. High. Okay. Yeah, very low. So I feel like once you get on this train, it's it's hard to stop. So Paranormal Activity is essentially like a hand recorded movie series, and 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 you you watch these movies through the through the lens of like the security cameras that the families put up because weird things are happening in their house or because they want to track like their sure. kids or whatever. Sure. And then throughout the course of the movie, they, they discover like these weird things keep happening, happening, happening. And then it just like culminates toward the end. And there's a scene in one of these paranormal activity movies where the, there's a babysitter watching the two kids mm-hmm. and she's sitting at the kitchen counter doing homework with her back to the living room space. It's like an open floor plan. And the way they film this is unbelievable. There's no music, nothing. It's just straight anticipation, just like you're talking about Halloween. And the camera, the dad had mounted a camera on a rotating oscillating fan. He took the fan off, but left the oscillating part on. And so, so the entire scene is just like Mm -hmm. this oscillating fan showing you the kitchen. And then it slowly pans over to the living room and the entryway. And then it slowly pans back. And over the course of like five minutes, you see the babysitter sitting at the table mm-hmm. and then it pans back and then it pans back and she's still sitting there. You're just waiting like what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden it pans back again and you see a ghost like figure with like a bed sheet standing behind her. But it's like a it's like a, a little kid sized person. And um, it's like one of the creepiest. And then all of a sudden Ugh. the sheet gives way and the babysitter finally turns around. But it's like this is the suspense in paranormal activity oh. movies is so amazing. And I remember. Riot? Huh? I mean, is is this supposed to be real or just no? It's fictional? I mean, they're no, it's, it's all man made, fake. Okay. Yeah, it's fake. But but I remember walking to my car after seeing this movie solo at like it's like midnight after the movie's over, <laughs> Santhi Main, and I've never been more terrified to just like walk to my car in the <sighs> damp, cold weather. So, Joe, what's the most terrified you've ever been watching? I'm not a big I'm not a big horror movie guy, so I don't know that there is one. The worst I've seen that got kudos and people loved it. Blair Witch Project. Yeah. I actually went to the theater to see that piece of garbage. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, I wanted everyone, good. I wanted everyone to die. It was just, <laughs> I kept, I'm, I'm like, are you, I'm, I'm not going to buy this. Yeah. Um, my mom took me to uh, some type of Disney film or some type of weird film when I was a kid that had like, it turned out to be scary. And I remember I had nightmares though. And I don't know what the film was, but it, it was like, the basis was the devil was coming for people or something. It was very, a very Disney movie. It, it wasn't Disney, but it was supposed to be, it was not supposed to be what, or she was surprised 
and thought it was be it would be fun and it wasn't was it the land was it the land before time i don't know what it was but it i had nightmares i was probably six or seven i had nightmares for like a week after so you so you basically just like so you don't want you basically had never seen horror movies then like i've seen some but i mean i don't go i don't purposely go watch them i if i come across them on cable I will. It just depends. But Blair Witch, Blair Witch is the definition of why I don't like them because it's like people like this and I think it's garbage. Yeah. Well, uh, if there's any other fellow horror movie nerds out there and you want to you want to trade some some suggestions, hit me up on Twitter at Phil Mackey. I would be I'd be happy to trade. some. Can I tell you guys that I think I also think that there was another movie franchise that took a page from halloween the original in a very small way and i think spun a very successful franchise and it's Mm. the final destination series and Mm. here's why there is a seed in early in halloween where a character uh where they're talking about fate and 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 basically um they say that fate never changes Something changes. I forget the exact line, but fate doesn't. And it's the exact basis for what Final Destination is based on. Okay. Like, like it is totally based on that, which is which is if you escape your fate, you will suffer your fate eventually. Interesting. I, I think because I mean, this film for for young people who got into the business eventually had to be groundbreaking, right? Like there's a lot of things about this film that are probably very small, but they're genius. Yeah. And I think that line might have launched the idea for people who escape their fate never really do. They just suffer it in a different way. Ooh, Ooh. Chilling. Jeez. And, and it's just one line. It's just one it. line. Right? I love it. I love it. Um, I've got some other facts from like Wikipedia here that I want to There's throw some great you ones here. There's some fantastic yep. ones. Go ahead. So the cast of Halloween included veteran actor Donald Pleasance and then unknown actress at the time, Jamie Lee Curtis. The low budget limited the number of big names that John Carpenter could attract, and most of the actors received little compensation for their roles. Donald Pleasance was paid the highest amount at $20,000. Jamie Lee Curtis got only $8,000 for this movie, and Nick Castle, who plays Michael Myers uh, behind the mask, earned $25 per day for his <laughs> efforts. So congrats. You played one of the biggest uh, villainous movie stars ever, and you got 25 bucks a day. How about this one? Michael Myers mask was actually a William Shatner mask from Star Trek that filmmakers painted fish belly white. The prop team found wow. two, poten- they found two potential masks for, uh, for John Carpenter. One was a smiling clown mask with frizzy red hair. which would link back to how Michael killed his sister in the prologue. The other was a William Shatner mask, which cost the crew around $1. Although they originally settled on the clown mask, the crew later realized the emotionless Shatner mask was a lot scarier. Your thoughts on that? Was the emotionless William Shatner mask the right choice, or would you have gone with the clown mask? For this film, I think they made the right choice. Yeah. For this film, I think because... This whole film was about just being creepy and spooky, but it wasn't about, I didn't feel like this film was going for, and I credit them for this. They weren't going for the splash. They were going for, so I think that they did for them ultimately the right thing. Yeah. Uh, The idea for the character of Michael Myers came to John Carpenter when he was in college. He went on a tour of a psychiatric hospital and saw that one of the patients was a little boy. When he met the boy, the boy just stared at him coldly with a look of evil in his eye. Really? Carpenter, 
Carpenter was terrified by this child, and Michael Myers was born conceptually. Oh, that's genius. That, that's insane. It makes me like it even more. How creepy is that? That's terrifying. Is there anything say- creepier than just like chillingly creepy kids in some of these <laughs> movies? The, the doctor's line, though, about there was nothing but the devil and evil mm-hmm. behind those eyes was yeah, a great right. line. Yes. Like there, there was some really scary dialogue that had nothing to do with things that you eventually saw. Okay. Here's one more for you guys. And you want to talk about the difference in how popular this movie and franchise became versus how unsuccessful it probably would have been if they would have gone with the original title. So the original title for this movie was The Babysitter Murders. Hmm. And now that, like, I'm sure that would have been a cult classic horror movie. Right. But to, but to name it Halloween and Genius. to have that association. And those kids didn't babysit anybody. They were the most delinquent babysitters of all time. Mm, I'm, glad they got, they cha- I'm glad they changed it. They had to die. They, they got naked. They had to die. <laughs> they had to die. <laughs> Don't get naked, kids. You will die. That's right. Um, should we get to our definitive bad guy rankings here? Oh, do you guys have second. any other quick thoughts? Hold on a second. I've got two more. Sure. So J- Jamie Lee... And her husband, I think in 1986 and 96, adopted kids, boy and a girl, who they named Annie and Thomas. No so way. They're, so their real life kids are named <laughs> after the kids in the film. Dude, that's creepy. The that other thing super like, creepy. Like that. is the little girl, if you recognize her, she is in, in a real housewives, I think, of <laughs> Beverly Hills. Her last name is Richards. Her sister oh, acted too. Denise Richards? Denise? I think so, yeah. Denise Richards? Oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not, no, no, no. No, no, it's a different Richards. But her real... Hold on, let's find this, let's find yeah. this. But she is the kid, the little girl, is on, or, or has been on a Real Housewives. It's not Hold Denise. on a second. Let's That's see here. Oh Kyle, oh, Kyle Richards. Oh, my yeah. God. That's the little girl. I, I, I watch. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. That's the little girl. <laughs> And, really? Kim, and Kim, Kim, I believe, who, who was also in it and who I think is off a rocker, that's her sister. Amazing. All right. That's awesome. God dang it. There's wow. a lot of great tie-ins here. Wow. All right. Uh, definitive bad guy rankings. And even though this, this genre deviates a little bit from mm. our action movie genre, I still think we should lump in sure. the rankings and everything together here. So our definitive bad guy rankings to this point, Hans Gruber is number one from Die Hard. Cyrus the Virus from Con Air is number two. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. Cobra Kai from Karate Kid. And Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon. At the bottom of our rankings, we've done 30 movies so far. The incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3, the muggers from Death Wish, the French drug lord from Bad Boys, uh, Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours, and Sloan from Wanted. Let's start to put the uh, Michael Myers character mm. into context here. He's got, he's got to be pretty high up. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't not put him high up. Um, All right, here's the question. Let's just go through. Let's just go through. Hans Gruber is iconic. Hans yes. Gruber is charismatic. Yes. Um, Cyrus the virus from I think I honestly think he's in this ballpark. I think he's in the Hans Gruber Cyrus the virus he, ballpark. I think he's, he's above Brad Wesley. Yeah. So I third. So third. What do you guys think? Is is it worth discussing putting him above Hans Gruber? Here's my question. Um, no, I think Hans is the best. Yeah, uh, I think it's worth discussing putting him second. Wow. It's a complete. I mean, it- I think you're right, dude. I think. I mean, he's more iconic than Cyrus the Virus. I sure. think the the maybe the thing that holds him back, and it's not really holds him back. It's how we define charismatic. Like, like 
is that holding him back from being number 10? I actually think like he's because char- he, he's iconic is there. Like obviously he's an icon, mm-hmm. but like the charismatic is, is does that exist with him or do we have to interpret it differently because he's a slasher i actually think he is kind of charismatic because like you know think even though he doesn't really talk you know he puts on different masks he put on a you know the the one time where he puts on the bed sheet to kill the one woman i mean and don't forget he killed creativity he killed at six of his sister he killed her at six um here's why i would say he's second we know for a fact in retrospect that if you put babe ruth in today's game that he would be, he'd be good still, but he, but he wouldn't be Babe Ruth, right? Right. Sure. Um, this is Babe Ruth, so I think we have to pay homage to him because he is Babe Ruth. Like yeah. he is, he's iconic. He he goes beyond iconic in the sense that he started a trend. Like it, Jason Voorhees wore a mask. Um, I think he's second. I think it's very fair to pay. Put him second. I think it's very fair to pay tribute to what was done here and acknowledge that he is the Babe Ruth of what we're doing. Awesome. All right, now we get to our overall 1 through 10 rankings here. So uh, Die Hard is the only perfect 10 that we have reviewed to this point. Taken at a 9.5. John Wick, Commando, both above a 9 at the bottom. The worst movies we have reviewed are Shoot 'Em Up at a 2.8. Bloodsport, a 3. Max, uh, Mad Max 2 at a 3.7. Wanted is a 3.8. And Rambo 3 is a 4. Uh, of those five, those five have all been selected by either me or Declan. So <laughs> shoot us if you if you must. All right. Uh, one through ten scale. Judd Zolgad. I got to give this a ten. I, I have to. Like, if you take into account when it was done, what it established, um, uh, the, fact, the fact that the idea and the writing to a large degree has aged really well, I think. I'm going to have to, I think to give it less than a 10 would be, would uh, be to not acknowledge what it meant. And the fact that it has, in my opinion, aged well, I'll, I'll just go with a 10. Uh, Dex might be too high, but it, it is very difficult to not give this a 10. I, I, I have, I thought about it last night. I think initially I wrote down eight and a half. Like that was my just gut, like immediate reaction. Cause I like to take notes during the film. And I said, I think it's an eight and a half. The incompetence in horror films, like to me, that kind of holds it back. But that's I mean, but that's sort of, that's like that's part purposeful. That's, that's purposeful. part of it, right? So that's part of it. So retooling it after a night of sleep, it's a ten. Wow, it's I a mean, ten they, out of ten. They had six total kills in the entire film, and it was oh. genius. Wow. Yes. Um. Wow. A lot of pressure on me right now. Um. It's a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. It's gotta be ten. It's gotta be ten. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's a ten, and I think the like the biggest reason why I would give it a ten in in you know, in addition to just like the iconic nature of the film, it's one of those movies. And I would put Die Hard in this. I would put now that I've seen Taken, which is our third ranked movie. It's one of those specifically with the two movies we've given a 10, though, to Die Hard and Halloween. If I have nothing to do and I'm flipping around, I am all in. Like if I join that movie at the beginning, if I join the movie in the middle, it's one of those movies that I just like have to stop on every single time. And uh, that's that's part of my logic. So. Boys, congrats. We just gave our second perfect 10 in Action Movie Rewind. Die Hard and Halloween, <laughs> sitting strong. Um, and so here's what we're going to do now. We get we get so many suggestions from listeners, and we got a bunch more last night. If you ever have Action Movie Rewind suggestions for us that we should uh, add to the list here, tweet them at me, at Phil Mackey, and I will just compile a list. So going forward, because we want to incorporate – 
you guys, the listeners, uh, and our social media followers into the selection process, all three of us are going to bring a movie to the table every single week. And then we'll also bring in a listener suggestion and we'll put all four of those up for vote on my Twitter account. All right. Okay. So, so what we have to do right now, the three of us is, uh, and what I'll do is I'll either just like select my own or I'll select one from a listener or both. Cause I've got a, sort of like a combined list here. Sure. So why don't you guys let's, let's, let's throw out movies here. I'll compile a list and then I'll put a Twitter poll up this weekend and we can go from there. So Judd, what movie are you nominating? One that we've been threatening to do for a long time and have not done yet. And eventually I think we have to do it. Beverly Hills cop. Ah, uh, all right. Declan. Uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorites from 2001 and it's, it's, it's an action film. Cause I, cause the genres on Wikipedia and, uh, and Rotten Tomatoes confirmed it, but a knight's tale in 2001 with Heath Ledger. Knight's tale. Yeah. A knight's tale. I, I actually love Heath Ledger. I think Heath Ledger had a hell of a run there yes, in he the did. late 90s, early 2000s. And if we ever got a chance to do 10 Things I Hate About You and it was just <laughs> me monologuing, like, bring it. Um, I'm going to go. All right. We're going to go for my selection. I don't think this is going to get picked, but I'm going to put it on here anyways. Have you guys ever heard of the Hulk Hogan movie from the late 1980s called No Holds Barred? I yes, I have. Sure, I have. I don't. It's like that. it's like a super core. Like Hulk Hogan was like an action star for a couple of years, and um, and then they turned it into an actual like wrestling match later on. And then the the movie I'm going to nominate on behalf of the fans is True Lies. Zach H recommended Arnold Schwarzenegger classic mm. from the '90s. True Lies is in here, Love and it. so those are going to be the four that we put up for vote. And by the way, like let's say. Let's say uh, Beverly Hills Cop doesn't get selected, Judd. You can keep going back to that well as often as you want and put it up for yep. for vote here. So uh, Beverly Hills Cop, A Knight's Tale, No Holds Barred, and True Lies from our friend Zach H. on Twitter will be the ones that we choose from. And uh, just keep an eye on Ad Phil Mackey on Twitter, and you'll be able to see. If you like to watch these movies and follow along with us, then you can do that. And uh, we'll do it next Friday.